0: This is the Financial Coconut Podcast, Singapore's first personal finance podcast network. I'm your host Reggie, aka Yorchi Financial Coconut. Every Thursday, you'll be chilling with me and my guests, who are some of the quirkiest, geekiest people we can find on the internet about how they do money and life. So sit back, relax. We are a few days away from the weekend. Welcome to Chill Swift TFC.
2: Yeah, I would say if you're looking at like maybe hot food I would say like glass or metal would be a good option. Mm. Yeah, because plastic leaks chemicals as well.
0: Even all the what free, what free, BPA, free all those, they also leak.
2: So the thing about BPA, what's BPA free mm. is only free of BPA. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> at
0: least I got other rubbish inside. Okay, exactly, okay. exactly. <laughs> Welcome to Swift TFC where we sit down with the geekiest, quirkiest individuals to learn about how they do money and life. I'm your host Reggie, aka Chief Financial Coconut and today we dive deep into this idea of sustainable renovation. The thing is, many Singaporeans fall into two buckets when thinking about renovation. This is my home, I want the best. Or, we already spent so much on buying a home, I don't want to take up more reno loans. Which bucket are you? But more importantly, is there a sweet spot somewhere where we can live comfortably, be budget-friendly and still be sustainable since it's trendy topic today. Lah, huh? A quick thing, hot take, huh? hot take. Did you realise that actually the wet market is very sustainable? Where's the packaging? So it is not always about the new edgy ideas, but sometimes looking back to think about what, Works. Today, I'm joined with startup founders Bolong Chiu from Solar AI, Lester from the very expensive paint company Gush, and Pamela from ThinkCuts to discuss the hot topic, sustainable renovation. This is Chiu Swift, TFC. Maybe you can just introduce yourself a little bit so that, you know, like we can warm up a little bit. Yeah, usually that's kind of how I roll lah. Okay, yeah. So how about you can introduce yourself a little, like, what do you do, blah, 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 blah. Like for someone that don't know you at all.
2: Yeah, so I'm um, Pamela. I founded Thinkers. Uh, Thinkers basically work with businesses to offer like sustainable options for consumers. So we create like impactful offerings uh, with businesses for consumers in mind. Mm,
0: so today you're here to tell me what the businesses do with yeah. <laughs> So that my consumers can be a little bit smarter. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'll okay, spill okay. the beans. <laughs> okay, okay. Very good, very good. And
3: My name is Bolong. I run a company called Solar AI Technologies. We mm-hmm. provide uh, 0 upfront cost solar as a service models mm-hmm. for residential as well as small commercial properties. Property owners
0: starting mm. in Singapore. Okay. Okay. So so do you manage the supply? Like is it part of do you manufacture or you're just doing the financing part of the thing? Financing, and then we work with a
3: set of partner contractors to install the projects. But basically, to the customers, the value proposition is really like a, a subscription or like a as a service model mm. um,
0: for getting solar on their roofs. <laughs> okay. Then you then you make the differential from there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course, you run <laughs> business, a, right? of, of business, course. You yeah. need to do something. You need to make a business. And yourself? So I'm Lester, the
1: co-founder and CEO of Gush. Mm. Gush is a very expensive p- paint company. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Well, Gush is an advanced materials company, actually. Um, we develop sustainable building materials that functionalizes all the surfaces around us. Mm. So one of the surfaces that we see uh, that's biggest around here is actually our walls. And so we thought, why hasn't anyone thought about leveraging all this big surface area to deliver impact? Another key surface area that we see are our windows. And we also then thought, you know, why hasn't anyone thought about using this surface area to reject heat while allowing the maximum transparency in order to increase energy efficiency so these are just some of the solutions that we've developed uh, over the course of the five years that we've been around
0: yeah so um, today we are here to talk a little bit about renovation you know this whole sustainability thing because it's like the talk of the town you know everybody wants to care a little bit about this whole sustainability thing okay as you can tell I come from a position that I'm a bit like mm, not too mm, sure about it enough. right yeah because because uh, for me as a chief financial coconut I know and I'm, I'm very up to care for my consumers and my listeners to to try to understand like does this matter right that do I need to care about it so today we're going to focus on this whole like environment renovation consumer spending you know all all that kind of jazz right and i think the first question to the floor is what is sustainable (laughs) how does it work how do you define sustainability that's exactly the issue i Mm
3: -hmm. think like sustainability has been so generalized and use especially in a corporate setting to basically shape your agenda Mm -hmm. in a way that is so called green. To be fair, initially when we first started out the business, we were really very AI focused. So we Mm -hmm. built computer vision models on satellite imagery to be able to automatically detect building outlines. Mm -hmm. Um, So computer vision, I think you can quite safely say, okay, it is AI. But then it's a super good point because we do actually have plans to rebrand we've really bought a different domain it's called Solar Easy okay. Um, okay. because we start to realize that that is much more the value proposition of what we yes, bring right? yes, a lot yes. of people think okay AI is sexy and that's okay, startup AI focus but after a while at least for us we start to realize that AI is not the core tenet of like what is really important to the consumers what is really solving the problem so that's why we want to brand out of it yeah um, but to that point on sustainability i think in general sustainability should be defined and you can look at it as sustainability in terms of like bro- the broad esg scope right but for us our view of it is very much environmental focused Um, social governance those are all like more corporate governance related right and ultimately for me I think like the core metric is really about carbon impact Mm. Um, and that is something that's measurable of course I mean then there's like a whole kind of like bucket of questions which arise around like how do you measure it accurately fairly transparently and that's like a whole other issue
0: Mm -hmm. okay okay And, and for you
2: yeah I think for sustainability when you work with like businesses you always care about like where the products are from how it's being sourced how it's being produced so I think not just the carbon emissions but also like the whole supply chain uh, the people involved and as well as how uh, these materials are being sourced and then ultimately Mm. when it goes to the consumer right the impact and the quality that it brings what's the true like value it provides to the customer like we Mm. can't just be green for the sake of it but it also has to deliver like a true value proposition to the customer technically you
0: can nobody is regulating (laughs) this space (laughs) technically you you could but you shouldn't Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean,
2: just to keep the integrity of the world, right?
0: Sustainability, mm-hmm. yeah. But are people keeping the integrity of the world? Because I see sustainable everywhere. It's just like mental health, it's just like self-care. Yeah. Everything is self-care today, right? Dom also can self-care, right? Everything <laughs> is self-care. So everything is sustainable. You know, are merchants in the space actually regulating themselves?
2: I would say like merchants uh, themselves, like they do have like the... Responsibility to be accountable because, mm. as you say, right, like consumers are being more aware. If your podcast, if I'm getting more educated, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's when like they really have the accountability to be responsible in their use. But let's say if they are not, then that's when like, clearly they will run into issues and they may face backlash, which mm. they really shouldn't uh, be be doing that. Yeah. Mm. So yes, yeah. it's not regulated, but you should still be accountable for the sake of your business at the end of the day. Yeah. So
0: the activists are very active <laughs> in trying to regulate the the businesses. In a sense, yeah. do 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 activists try to double down on some of these companies' claims? Uh, that's it how it works
2: yeah I would say like more recently like probably most of us would have seen like how Shine was like being put in the spotlight right of like how they really have very really poor labour practices and environmental impact I think that was one really good example of how like activists or even like watchdogs right are just like calling them out and being like hey you deliver like fashion products at such like breakneck speed and of course like low cost like definitely like people and as well as the environment is at this mercy mm, yeah so uh, I say like that's definitely like a good example of like why you shouldn't be not sustainable <laughs> so, and of course like the p of that but that being said for sure there are companies that could really be more accountable in their use of the word mm. uh, but that being said I think we can like, also ooh. be a lot more knowledgeable <laughs> like, like <ooh>.
3: technically
0: everyone <laughs> like,
3: I, the issue is I think the issue with sustainability is that like there have actually been quite a lot of studies for just if we just zoom in into like consumer goods or products there have been quite a lot of studies which show that essentially if you brand your products as sustainable there is that sustainable price premium right which is mm. exactly like I think where this question is stemming from which is terrible but then for the marketeers in the corporates, they see it as a good thing yeah. then there's also like a division of like what a marketeer wants to do as a product versus like what is actually like, say like the supply chain or the value chain mm, of the product mm, mm. which ultimately then it comes down to like okay how can you create transparency across the entire value chain to be able to track and measure all of this, which is difficult because- It's a lot of work for the consumer, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot, like the activists generally will stem from a view and it's a lot of like, you know, small groups, maybe even individuals who then go in and like research the entire value chain, try and figure out like labor practices, try and figure out, you know, like try and measure what is the carbon impact of like individual processes and then start to put them together. Mm -hmm. But then if you don't have a standardized body, it is very difficult to come with a certain measurement, right? Because you, who who is reporting correctly or not? Like there are so many suppliers down the value mm-hmm. chain. Uh, difficult problems to solve, but definitely an important one. So Desmond Lee must come on the show, right?
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Desmond waiting for you, huh?
0: <laughs> okay. okay, waiting for you.
1: Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> what about you? I think, like, I think everyone has made great points. Right? And, and to be honest, like sustainability is what has been thrown around quite a bit, like like you mentioned, right? Mm. And, and no one really knows what what the hell this is. To be honest, it's actually like a, it's a moving target. Uh, every year, what sustainable means also changes, right? Like in the past, maybe if you have something that can last forever, then it is truly sustainable because you don't have to keep buying things, right? These things here. <laughs> Pl- plastics, right? For example, mm-hmm. last time maybe it could be very sustainable. But now... Yeah, plastics um, was very sustainable. Yeah. Do
0: you still consider plastic sustainable?
1: Now, Do you guys still consider I think, plastics? I think there's also like a social consequence to everything, right? So then now, if the majority of the population thinks that plastic is unsustainable, then it will be unsustainable. To me, I think sustainability is about taking the long-term view uh, towards consumption in order mm. to prevent the depletion of our natural and physical resources. So as long as you have that long-term view right towards where everything that you buy and then you have the concept of using it again and again obviously there's a chance that it's regenerative in the process right like what you do as well then there's a role for sustainability to play in this area okay okay so
0: so, so mm-hmm. that is like technical right mm-hmm. and if, if we want to like define it from a consumer standpoint right how do I how do I call myself a sustainable consumer I got to look out for the longer term impact and
1: mm. forego the short term view of things or, or how, how does that work how, much how do you, we apply as much this? as you can yeah you can, mm. you can try to do that that's why if you have like reusable containers that they could tap out food from right mm. rather than using those styrofoam boxes it, so adds, up, huh? it adds up it adds yeah, up Yeah, so th- mm. I, I think you know sustainability is a real imbalance right between our human logical footprint versus our declining biocapacity to support that footprint right mm-hmm. and this demand and supply of nature is, is, is really tilted and is decreasing furthermore because of our increasing population growth and consumption vis-a-vis our reducing biocapacity to support that growth.
0: From a human perspective right again why do I need to care I about sustainability? To, to
1: what Bolong said right in terms of the, the proxy as, as to what you measure one of the key problems that we see one of the key implications of sustainability is climate change right and climate change is because of the reckless consumption that we have and that then leads to higher energy requirements which then is correlated to increase the emissions of greenhouse gases mm. right and then this is the manifestation of being unsustainable in our consumption mm. habits so then to consumers I guess it is about um, thinking about the implications of what you buy right if there is a long-term effect of what you have uh, whether or not there's additional benefits over the long run uh, that you can enjoy from this product rather than have it for a short period of time and then it goes mm. to the waste mm. paper basket mm, Yeah. Mm. okay okay fair uh, so a lot of listeners uh, at this point in time are either
0: looking at a new home you know maybe their BTO delay two years uh, they're very annoyed like I get it okay or they are looking to like trade up their home right so a lot, of, a lot of our listeners are at that period of time and so renovation becomes a thing right and as homes become more and more expensive renovations sound like they can also become more expensive right today i think more yeah. and more people are also looking to spend more for renovation but we're not talking about spending more or less i think it's about spending well i really want to kind of find out like so how do i contextualize sustainability in my renovation process
3: i think there's one thing that i want to add first which is like it's quite often or quite common that like the the first thing that comes into mind when you think about sustainability or like making your home more sustainable for example is A Mm. trade-off. I think a lot of people will jump to conclusions that like, hey, okay, if I want something to be more sustainable, it means more expensive. Um, But personally for me, and one of the reasons why I feel so bullish about solar and quite a lot of other technologies around it as well, is that these technologies have now come to a point of maturity where there is both an alignment of environmental good as well as financial benefits, right? Like with solar, it's like, okay, the existing model in the market, sure, you pay upfront for it first, But then generally, within six to eight years, you break even. And then thereafter, panels are warranted for like 25, 30 years, right? So you just get free electricity. Like from that perspective, it's like, okay, the cost of solar has already been fallen below that of traditional energy sources Mm. for like the last five years globally. And so like now these technologies are there in place where it is already a cost saving. And then when you do it, it's like, hey, there's extra, you know, environmental benefits, um, and I think that's the most exciting thing about like this space. Not just solar, electric vehicles, when you switch to an EV, generally the dollar per mile, compared to like if you're going to a petrol station of course okay energy prices have fluctuated a lot but generally like the expectation is about 60% that of if you are going to a a fuel station to go and like pump petrol Mm -hmm. right and then of course there's also like benefits of like less moving parts in the car so lower maintenance costs all of those are these examples of technologies that's like hey it just makes sense. Yeah. I think
2: like coupled with like the maturity of like all these technologies is also like how policies are also increasingly penalizing like pollutive behaviors. Yeah, also like what you said, right? You're not just like spending more, you're spending well. Oh, I think that is also representative of like if you were not to spend well, right? It will be the case where you're just paying for taxes, p- being penalized for more pollutive like options like maybe petrol cars. I think by 2030 or something, we will stop issuing COEs basically for petrol nice. cars. And yep. from then on, you're basically just phasing all these petrol cars, right? So basically the money that you spend in this special car, you will not get anything back at the end of it that will be the last batch yeah so I think when you think about what you want to spend on you also have to consider the larger context of like hey this would be increasingly more pollutive I'll be increasingly taxed more I'll be paying more for maintenance there will be fewer and fewer services that will be basically supporting this lifestyle so vis-a-vis right there will be more economies of scale in more sustainable lifestyle and habits and then that's basically when you do the substitution from more polluting to less polluting behaviors I think that's where you can actually reap the economic benefits as well mm-hmm. like now it's I would say like, quite a sweet spot like we are starting to see the economic value proposition of a more sustainable lifestyle, more sustainable living, uh, vis-a-vis like more polluting like practices or services that exist now.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's but that really on some level very um, cost-saving kind of thing, right? Essentially yeah. your policy is trying to make it more painful for like mm. not sustainable like pollutive habits and all that, right? So trying to incentivize the consumer from a cost-saving standpoint, mm. right? But how does my cost-saving choices then translate into actual benefit Fit for environment, let's see or should I just look at it as oh, this is cheaper and the person tell me it's like better for environment okay I think um
3: I mean when we first started out so like we've been working on the business for two years spoke with a lot of property owners about like the decision to move solar a lot of customers will come and approach us to say like hey you know I want to go green but ultimately when you put kind of option a and option b even if option b is more pollutive but option b is a lower price like they tend to human psychology I mean you go for option b right most of the time of course there are some exceptions but I will say like those are really like exceptions to the norms but then in a model where you have both things together then that's like hey you know of course it's just a yeah. sure of course do that la. same like, price why, right yeah, I think better one why, why not one, so yeah. I think that's the best part about it in products where there's a trade-off then that's really like up to you to balance I mean because there are going to be non-financial benefits to products as well mm. potentially which mm. you want to take into consideration when you're making a purchase
0: mm. okay yeah. okay fair fair so then give me some interesting things that I should look out for for when I'm renovating my home okay so let's say today I take a BTO right and then HDB tell me oh you can uh, take this and you get like 10,000 you can make, renovate the basic things for you right your toilet bowl everything all the basic stuff HDB covers right and everything else is up to me like, how am I going to spend my money right so let's say young couple we got a BTO we want to uh, renovate our house for 10 year life okay at least at least so what are some things that I should think about
3: Lester's <laughs> uh, thinking like, about how he can not directly plug the exactly, product
2: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get too similar to generalising generalising at first when
1: we the
2: human term.
0: terms
1: <laughs> yeah um, okay we've got Plugging Gush, right? (laughs) Um, Yeah, even though Gush is the best, I should just get Gush products for all All the interiors. Yeah, later I'll get my invoice team to send
0: you an invoice. He's actually your sponsor. Yeah, yeah, actually, he's
1: sponsor. This is a native
3: sponsorship. So, I mean, personally, for me, I look at things, and when I step into our customers' shoes, it's really like just overall from an energy perspective, right? Of course, I think some product purchases, I think, are already quite generalized that everyone knows like hey these are the norms to do like your energy efficiency stars or ticks right that is
0: the number one question I have in my head what's the difference between three ticks four ticks five ticks no the only difference here. that I know
3: is the price <laughs> so um, generally the ticks are rated based on your energy efficiency or like rather the output of your per kilo hour usage so for example like a uh, aircon will say hey, the, I don't know what the specific numbers are but like the more number of ticks the more you're able to regulate a certain temperature using a certain amount of kilowatt hours of mm. electricity.
0: So has yeah. anybody modeled it relative to the price that you pay for utilities? Hey, because there's one thing that I, I wanted to do. I'm quite sure someone has done it. Yeah, I'm do quite sure I've read Personally,
3: I've
2: not but okay, okay. Like, I would like typically look at the label and be like someone has done the science behind it and the math mm, right mm. to be like okay I deserve this label and yeah I think because like these products are also more energy efficient they may tend to last longer as well because those that are less energy efficient usually like machinery is also older the mm. technology is less advanced that's why it's less energy efficient so I guess if you're really looking at a home in this climate given that you're putting in a very hefty investment heftier than other batches right you probably want it to last longer mm. which I think why people are also like investing in basically really good uh, appliances as well mm. and these appliances tend to be more energy efficient, or maybe even more technologically advanced, such that it is also correlated with like, energy efficiency. Mm, so there's no
0: easy resource out there, like this crazy guy that like put some kilowatt meter, you know? And, like, <laughs> I'm just, sure. Okay, is yeah, there, is there sure someone? There, they're they're there there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, do you know somebody that's doing, that doing those that. kind of things? So uh, in, like, in Singapore, yeah. I don't think there is. Yeah, la, yeah, but
1: okay, In, in okay. China, I heard like a lot of people who, who do that. Okay, um, okay. Not just for appliances, but also for like the quality of the building materials that they use around us. Yeah. Actually, no. I think I think the the tick system is is quite a good gauge in terms of energy efficiency in the era of uh, <laughs> rising energy prices, wow. that is really something era. that people should consider on a more pra- practical sense, right? It really would increase the amount of mm. money that you pay on a, on a money basis, especially if you're not doing solar with Bolong. <laughs> <laughs> <Right. Yeah>.
0: Wait, <laughs> scratch your back, you scratch your <laughs> back. Okay, I will invoice
1: both of you. Okay? <laughs> There's an actual body that I think that, that does this. Yeah. Uh, and, in, and For the, for the built environment case, but big materials case it's a SGB Singapore Green Building uh, Federation Council, uh, who issues this Singapore Green Building Products mm. so the number of ticks correspond to energy waste management policies that you have at a factory logistical um, shipments and then also like what's the VOC level what, what is the level of pollution that you that this mm. creates for, for the interiors mm. there's also so this really interesting for.
2: option that like Electrolux came up with which is appliances as a service mm. so that's mm. where you can actually like rent their freezers their dishwashers and as well as like their washing machines so you can choose like the period they uh, want at the like yeah appliances. Us. Huh?
0: at least it's more human than this.
2: Yeah, so basically like these appliances, I think, is a good option because like sometimes your appliances may really get too old to be energy efficient anymore. Mm-hmm. And you're just like holding on to this appliance that's no longer keeping up and costing you a lot of energy as well as you say, right, rising energy costs. Yeah. So I do like the option because I like, don't actually have to worry about you know getting rid or disposing this piece of uh, equipment and rather this equipment can also be shared with different households because it's being rented so mm-hmm. you can choose a period you're renting for after that maybe they put it to the next household mm-hmm. so I actually like this option because it is not just sustainable right because you're sharing appliances and of course like you get to upgrade appliances as and when and of course get it to be the most energy efficient that you can be Mm, and and mm. you don't deal with like spoilage and stuff like that yeah so you get longevity actually with the exact function you need it for you Mm. can even test it out before you buy it so that's better right than buying a lot a lot of new appliances getting rid of it and like Mm. it's really a convenient and as well as a low upfront cost option (laughs) yeah as in like the given that they're providing this model right they would have to ensure that it works right in order for it to be profitable because at the end of the day they are like a huge and it has it profitable. Mm. I feel like this service uh, definitely benefits the consumers in a lot of ways because you don't have to commit to a big piece of equipment up front, you don't have to deal with not liking it, wanting to get rid of it, that's definitely not sustainable, right? Committing, I mean getting more than one equipment. You actually get to test it out first before you truly commit to it. And you also get to replace it like once it needs to be upgraded. Oh, that's good, actually. Yeah. I never
0: thought of it that way. Like you can try out uh, there. We rent one year first, see if we like it. we like um, it, we buy it. Exactly. Right? You can even
2: rent for half a year. Yeah, because Maybe if you're time, renting, mm. I mean like let's say if you're doing like a short-term rental, right? It could be like six months, six months, and then mm. you can even upgrade the equipment after. I think personally what I like about it is that even if I stop my subscription or let's say if I stop it like the equipment goes to another household like I don't have to worry about hey it's going to be thrown away it's not going to be reused yeah it's not going to be it's going to be disposed I think that's definitely a waste of a good piece of equipment. Mm -hmm. I would say that the company definitely has to ensure that hey this piece of equipment goes on to the next household in order for it to like break even for them as well. Interesting. Yeah so the responsibility is more so on the company to make sure that the product is amazing mm, right. and the product mm. works and of course I have consumers that want to use my product again and again and the longer mm.
1: the useful life the, the
2: exactly exactly mm. so like they are incentivized to not yeah. like plan for oh, obsolescence. Okay, yeah okay, okay.
0: because the longer the appliance run the uh, energy efficiency would depreciate right I assume it could uh,
2: depreciate but okay. at the same time like when it starts depreciating as a consumer I could upgrade it I would mm. say the company is probably their responsibility to
0: also upgrade the equipment in such a model exactly that's interesting, that's interesting. yeah yeah okay great so, so that's for appliance okay and I are you seeing this model more and more people applying for this like more merchants using this model of like rental like you can rent these things there's
2: actually another uh, company that provides tech equipment for rental it's called Now Circular so I think they've partnered with a lot of credit cards actually to basically provide this as like a perk mm-hmm. yeah so Now Circular basically you can rent like phones iPads MacBooks uh, gaming equipment uh, camera equipment <laughs> maybe I, I'm not sure about monitors yeah but basically you're able to rent all this equipment for a try mm-hmm. I think it is good because sometimes like you may not Want to commit to one equipment and it's really expensive. Yeah. Sometimes the second hand one works just as fine. Yes. And sometimes you may want to try out a few before you commit to one of your own. Yeah. yeah. So this is probably their. I mean, I'm thinking they probably use refurbished material. I mean refurbished equipment or it could be brand new. But I think it also at the same time offers customers the flexibility. Mm. I think it's really like your, as a service like option, right? Mm. Basically, you have the option of not putting the upfront cost. Mm-hmm. You pay like a, a much lower like upfront cost subscription fee to basically get a longer term of your use, or rather just to give it a try before you commit long term. Mm. Yeah. So now yeah. circuit is another option. Option that's great for like trying i would say like trying phones like it may not be the newest model but you get to try like different models different brands until mm. it works even for like a lot of apple products like apple pen or ipads macbooks i think those are good for trying before you commit to it or maybe even gaming device right? maybe you're going for a trip like two three months you want to have a gaming device you don't have to buy like a nintendo switch mm. you can just like rent it on the on the website. And I- I think what I really like about it is that it has a lot of use over time. Like mm. you're not the only user and you don't have to worry about getting bored, it's just sitting in your house and of course it's a waste of money yes. and of course a waste of the equipment itself. Yes. Yeah, so I think the whole idea of like going increasingly to a sharing economy where like people are looking more for like quality appliances yet in an affordable way,
0: I feel like all these rental options are really good. Mm, yeah, uh, my, my appliances are also for rent. <laughs> you not know, make it into a set, right? Please email to us. I'm <laughs> huh? very open for this. so those are appliances what about fixtures right fixtures is also a big thing and for all of you that don't know what's a fixture mm. and a furniture anything that moves is a furniture right an mm. appliance is a subset of furnitures mm. right and fixtures are anything that are like built in right so your cupboards your tabletop you know paint considered fixture yeah I okay so. yes yeah, fixtures yeah. so, uh, which is important because yeah. in the Singapore law right, fixtures cannot be moved right so if mm. I buy from you the fixtures are inherent in this transaction whereas furnitures I can move so it right? loose. Mm. yeah yeah because, yeah because there are a lot of cases scenarios where people remove the tabletop. It's like wow, this marble top very nice. Uh, they, they thought they bought this, you know? And then when they shift in uh, the guy removed that. So know your rights. Okay. Fixtures
1: are well within your rights. You you can you can have them, right? So any any thoughts like- back to what I was saying earlier the central body which is governing this is the singapore green building council so most products that are um, at least sustainably rated in nature they would have those tick systems la. and in these cases here it would actually point to the quality of the materials itself uh, on top of them being having good energy and waste management policies uh and and, and then on top of that also organic compounds that are released over a period of time so i guess in terms of advice uh look for those that have like four ticks <laughs> market so leaders in have, have four then.
0: ticks lah. Um, uh, yeah I think <laughs> oh oh, 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 oh.
1: <laughs> at least <laughs> okay, okay okay so yeah, t- tell um, me what's
0: the what's the I mean this volatile, volatile organic, organic compounds. compound okay yeah. so so how 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 does that work and why is it different between like you know the good products and mm. the like the cha products that everybody's familiar cha-cha. with <laughs> or like the, at least the stuff that everybody
1: uses right? yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so traditional adhesives paints and laminates uh, always off-gas a lot of these uh, VOCs right volatile organic compounds over a period of 8 to 12 years and the reason is because as they cure in room temperature it releases all these chemicals and it's the reason why densely constructed countries like Singapore have a high correlation of respiratory issues especially in the young so this is why you see you know you throw a stone in Singapore you find someone with sinus issues or asthma issues right this is in yeah, the morning you the call the your
0: friends say, hey why you sound like that so oh I got sinus so, sorry, 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 <laughs> sorry, sorry so sorry, sorry, any fixtures. Fixtures. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay True, okay my
1: fixtures in my home <laughs> okay okay so, mm. so actually this is goes beyond like um sustainability it also goes to health right Like, mm. if I'm more concerned and, and curious about why is this is happening to you then this is really one of the reasons why yeah. so t- yeah. tell me a
0: little bit like what's the long term kind of health benefit you know let's say if I use a better quality pain like do you model this thing or is there some ideas around it that I can play around with when deciding mm. if I should pay a premium for some of these things we are on consensus that your pain is expensive right <laughs>
1: It's competitive in the same class. <laughs> okay, Competitive okay. in the same class, mm. right? So then I think for the, the value that's provided, it's, mm. it's a lot better. Because we work with a lot of developers as well. For example, beside an AHU, an aircon unit, like in a highly moist environment, like your, your washrooms, uh, usually you have a lot of mold problems. Uh, and what then happens that they will rectify the issue every two to three months because mold is reappearing and reappearing and reappearing again. So getting high quality products would then help to stop that problem right from the beginning already. Mm, mm. So how often
0: do I need to then repaint my home?
1: For us, when we developed our, our, our paints, we wanted to make sure that it, it can last you for a long period of time. So, so while how long the, is while the long? efficacy lasts for five to eight years. Uh, oh, even okay. after eight years, you don't have a visible aesthetic difference on, on the wall. So you can you can still keep it um, the way it is.
0: Mm-hmm. But it's just uh, the whole health thing mm. no longer exists. The half-life is uh, Okay, the years. half-life is yeah. done. Okay, okay. So then when I repaint my wall, do I need to scrape the whole thing and, and paint again? Well, that's the beautiful oh, part of oh, it. it. You don't it. have
1: to. You just, you just repaint on top of it. Uh, as long as it's the outermost layer, then it's fine. Also, other than paints, right? What about flooring? What about like
0: wood cement you know some of these things which are all like part and parcel of our fixtures right i think a lot of people don't think about because they go in to tell the contractor i want this 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 and then they walk out and then and then they come back and say hey wait some more not in the right place right that's what we do when we look at a new house right but any thoughts on some of these
3: i mean in terms of like okay maybe this is a more niche audience but like for those who are building their homes and are (laughs) speaking with i can
1: assure you it's very but maybe i guess
3: even for like If they are able to make decisions about like, okay, how how their windows will be like, right? So maybe not like fully fitted like condos in that sense, but Mm -hmm. then those who have that choice. Generally, there's a lot of people who like kind of like the architectural style of like a lot of open, tall glass windows. Okay, because I come from like a energy consumption lens, right? Purely, primarily. These kinds of architectural styles with a lot of open glass windows. So like, in a way, like the modernist kind. Um, typically have a much much higher energy consumption because it absorbs heat a lot more if you are able to make decisions around like the build of your house Mm. generally having lesser windows Uh if you have very little like big biggest windows or otherwise you keep them instead of having windows you replace them with just like uh, ventilated vents but then use a lot more concrete in your construction Mm. um that Energy impact of how much electricity you need to keep your place cool is a lot, a lot lower. Yeah. Of course, there's one other problem, which is like, hey, the embedded carbon of concrete or cement, mm. right? Which is how much carbon goes into like the manufacturing process. Like the the entire concrete cement industry is a huge like um, carbon emitter. But then we have seen this in a lot of our clients' homes, like those clients which use kind of like a mix of like concrete and like that, the architectural style where like there's a lot of like natural um, greenery like roof gardens or like you know vines that like creep up the wall a lot of them even for like sizable terrace house their energy consumption could be generally like between 600 to 1400 kilowatt hours so my hdb for example i use about like six to seven hundred kilowatt hours per month While those that I see, like they use the modernist design, uh, a lot of like white, long floor to ceiling glass, a lot of them, their energy consumption is typically around like 2,000 to 4,000 kilowatt hours. Wow. Wow. So a lot, a lot higher. I don't know, like, on a completely scientifically, like, apples to apples basis mm, what mm. it's gonna be but then like this is my observation so, whenever I step in a house before I even assess I ask the customer for their electricity bill I'm like I can more or less tell mm, yeah we'll see nice, yeah, nice,
2: nice. like as the world like kind of warms up right like that's pretty much like what climate change is about I think what the long on was basically like the concept about keeping a house cool or like natural mm, ventilation mm. yeah so I think natural cooling or natural ventilation is getting pretty popular because like the cost of cooling is getting more and more expensive given that electricity is also being more expensive so like in the west care about like the cost of heating and cooling when winter and summer respectively but for us like it's definitely about the cost of cooling yeah so I think if like as you plan for a new home right given that energy is going to be such a huge recurring cost and given that it's going to be hotter and hotter you definitely want to find ways that can keep your house cool for a longer time Mm. and I think the part about like windows is because it's not a good insulator at all yeah so maybe consider like double glazed windows or even like concrete or even like just having like some spatial space right to have that insulation between your house and the heat yeah that will actually help to cool down your house significantly yeah. and reduce like your energy usage at the end of the day yeah,
0: yeah. actually actually, our ancestors have in, in this part of the world has kind of figured out already right and then those vans the, the mm. wooden vans mm. and it's, it's becoming trendy these days it's yeah. a bit of trendy yeah. but actually it's been around since a long since forever I would yeah. say like before right. windows
2: used to be like you know the the the, the panel by panel yeah, and it was like vans mm. mm. yeah, mm. yeah exactly yeah, but yeah, now yeah. it's like all paints so yeah. there's like very limited space for airflow like let's say it were to rain or anything I'm not sure if it's optimal as well mm, mm, yeah mm. but I think considering like how your house can be actually designed to have a natural airflow that's important as well because you get a natural breeze uh, that really helps to reduce your energy consumption mm, yeah
0: mm. nice 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 yeah they must learn from the ancestors mm. I mean they, they've already done it right and mm. they have like a lot of little holes along the corridor but these days our corridors are a whole slab hole slab mm. right so I think there are some things that we can go back to our I roots, think
2: even uh, when you choose your house layout as well mm. like if the layout doesn't facilitate a good airflow you probably mm. know that your house is going to be very stuffy very hot you're going to have to turn on the aircon all mm. the time so it's say probably. Like, not good yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> probably <laughs> yeah, probably yeah so maybe <laughs> you
2: still have a choice of like the layout of your house or the, mm. your next house right your, when you're upgrading it really could be like considering the airflow of that of that unit because mm. the airflow mm. will actually determine like how you get the natural ventilation and you mm. can actually play a really huge part in terms of like reducing the heat in the house mm. yeah
0: mm. cool 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 so appliance we went through some of these fixtures stuff yeah tell me a little bit about the solar panel thing right because i think uh, solar panel only for lander house huh? does it matter to people that live in an apartment like you know is there something there for us um unfortunately like short answer is kind of no
3: but then generally like the most effective way currently for you to harness solar energy is on your roof um so this means that the benefits of rooftop solar typically accrues to the building owner. So if you have a landed house and of course like you directly inject the solar into your energy consumption and you get free electricity. If you live in a condo or HDB, it will be your HDB or condo MCST respectively mm. that benefits from it. And generally, I mean, they don't have too much incentive to kind of like translate give your you your savings. You. Mm.
0: Yeah. Is there some policy in Singapore that allow you to sell back the electricity from the grid? Yeah. Yeah. So if you are a solar homeowner and generally there's also quite a lot
3: of misconception because a lot of customers will ask us like, hey, if I install solar, what happens at night? Will I lose electricity?
0: <laughs> <laughs> before I started the business, I always thought that it
3: was like just some myth that people have that kind of misconception but I've really had customers who asked me that
0: before. Mm-hmm. Um, install batteries, that's a simple answer.
3: Yeah, no, but you don't need to. You don't need to. Oh, so in Singapore, okay, actually, okay. like whenever you install solar, so um, if your home is consuming electricity, your solar panels will just directly feed the electricity into your home. If you have more solar that's generated then your home is consuming this automatically feeds back out into the meter Mm. sp will measure it and then sp will pay you for it so the funny thing is like because of the energy crisis wholesale market rates have been extremely high meaning Mm. like what the retailers are buying right this is a price that changes every half an hour based on Mm. demand and supply wholesale market rates earlier this year were generally about 50 cents per kilowatt hour even up to like 70 80 cents yeah, so in comparison, SP's current rate is about 30 cents per kilowatt hour. So we had some solar owners who had a net negative 300 $400 electricity bill on a monthly basis because they were getting like a really, really high price for the part that's exported and sold to the grid. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Suddenly
0: you see everybody has solar right? panels. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, but it's really yeah, it's, money profitable, it's a business. Huh? It's
3: really, it's really very worth it. I think as people start to trust solar, like adoption will just become higher. Mm. Right. Because ultimately, if you look at the math behind it, if you look at the numbers, all the built systems, you realize that it is almost like a no-brainer decision. The only question is how early you break even on your cost. For mm. the homeowners, we call it rent-to-own. Where we basically just charge them a fixed monthly fee in exchange for installing, financing, and maintaining the systems on their behalf. Mm. For lender homeowners, for example, just the average lender homeowner will pay maybe $250 per month for the solar system. Their solar savings on a monthly basis is generally between $300 to $400. Right? So a lot of them end up having a net. 50 to $150 savings on a monthly basis, mm. even while they are paying down for the
0: solar system during the contract period. Eventually, someday, you know, some of these things will translate into um, HDB owners, condo mm. owners. I, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'll lobby around the pool, okay? Tell your MCS team to, to give <laughs> yeah, you some exactly. right? <laughs> But what about uh, day-to-day living, right? So we kind of gone through some of the big things, you know, in, in renovation. Um, but how do I then consider, are there some day-to-day lifestyle choices, you know, that I can think about uh, before I start renovating my space.
2: I would say like consider what your current key expenses are. Mm. Yeah, because I think based on like what you currently consume a lot, like maybe if you guys cook a lot, then then food is definitely one of your high expenses. You definitely want to find like options to basically reduce wastage or like to just get things in bulk in a cheaper way. Mm. Yeah, so I think there are bulk stores, for example, uh, that allows you to shop package free. Uh, so that's one way that you can get your goods without packaging. Is
0: it really cheaper? yes okay, okay okay I think it has- because it always make until very atas you know so like, I, I, I feel it's very true. afraid It's, into, it's right, like yeah, what's, yeah. That, what's that company that's a there's one company at Bayer Labor Square Scoop or yes, something
2: yes, right, yes. Yeah. So, so,
0: so okay I know they are definitely expensive yeah. you know way more expensive than others but everyone else emulate that that renovation style are, so i like, mm, I don't dare to go into this there shop there are actually
2: like really household options I think those options are really like franchise model so mm-hmm. they do look very premium and they come from like the western world as well so that's why like they have a certain like perception you know? Know, uh, i mean where things are perceived mm. that way or but i would say like just think about it right if you're talking about package free what's like the most traditional way that people have shop package free go to the wet market Nobody ah, thinks the wet market is expensive
0: okay, okay right you can get okay. your
2: coffee beans package free there you can get your dried goods package free there you can get like biscuits your household items your rice like yes, package free there i was very
0: excited when i see the biscuits so yes.
2: i think when you talk about cost right i think why it can actually be more cost savings because you don't have to commit to a big packet mm. I think more often than not like you're buying something you have to commit to the standard packaging size that the packaging mm. gives you and you don't actually finish it all
0: but doesn't buy in bulk makes it cheaper
2: if you're going to use everything okay. if you're going to use every part of it mm. and I think when you buy from these wholesale uh, shops right they are already in bulk mm. so you're actually enjoying like the savings that they get from getting that material in bulk and then you're just buying a bit of it mm. yeah so you're actually buying what you can actually consume at a bulk price yeah so that is definitely one of the one of the cost saving part that you can actually adopt and it is already cheaper it is also package free and more importantly you just get what you need yeah so i think getting what you need is probably a good practice that you can have like in terms of the key
0: expenses right you just get what you need probably you'll be saving a lot already what about plastic containers okay so let's mm. say i mean i'm, I'm kicking down the key mm. can down right like okay i don't take the packaging nothing mm. so i still gotta bring my own stuff to go and pick it mm. up right is there, is there some thoughts around like what kind of containers should i use
2: yeah I would say if you're looking at like maybe food tapau or, or hot hot food tapau we would say like glass or metal would be a good option mm. yeah because plastic leaks chemicals as well so that I really wouldn't recommend because even all
0: the what free what free BPA free all those, they also leak
2: so the thing about BPA what's BPA free mm. is only free of BPA <laughs> <laughs> okay. at least like a lot rubbish inside it. Right? Okay, exactly, okay. exactly so once okay, BPA okay. is only free of BPA there yeah, are all yeah. the other chemicals that come with it that they are actually not free of which actually still leaks uh, mm. when it's in touch with like hot material yeah so that is I mean detrimental and I think glass and metal is just less um reactive so that's why I would definitely recommend those options for out I think now also when you go to the food court to out to take away your food they charge you for the container now yeah, 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 yeah so yeah, bring yeah. your own actually makes a lot of sense because mm. I think what I like that's convenient about it it. I bring my own container I go and tap out I don't incur that charge mm. I bring it home I'm not afraid of leakage I can put it in my microwave if I need to heat it
0: up that was where my, word, my yeah. head my <laughs> It's like yeah immediately just put it in I up. just put yeah. it in the
2: microwave and I heat it up I don't mm. have to like be concerned about like heating up a styrofoam box which you shouldn't mm. uh, and I think that is I like- hope you
0: know you shouldn't <laughs> <now>. <laughs> yeah okay.
2: so that's yeah. some of the convenience I would say that comes with it I would say this lifestyle kind of comes with like both cost savings convenience mm. and as well as health benefits or rather like just mitigating health risks in general mm-hmm. yeah so that's probably another thing that they can adopt uh, yeah
1: Great. You bring your container if it's bigger, so then you will fill up the tasai fund to fill up the
3: container. <laughs> it's true. bigger like glass
0: containers. I like to like tumbler my drink
2: in a tumbler, and always, ah. always the uncle will be like, "Oh, I help you pop out to the brim?" Then they feel very happy about it. I also feel very happy about they it. They feel of
0: themselves, like right. Yeah, yeah, I get it because because a lot of these merchants when they sell you things, they're used to the standard size, right? Mm. But when you bring in a container that's irregular from their standard yeah. size, they be like, "Uh, how much should I?" <laughs> <put?"> yes, exactly. <laughs> so Sometimes
2: t- they just like just give me one portion, mm. but so far it's been very encouraging like mm. they'll be like oh I really like that what you're doing so I'm just gonna top it up to the brim for you and awesome. anyway the card costs them mm-hmm. so if it's gonna cost them and they're nice enough to return that cost savings that's great for you awesome. otherwise you'd basically escape right the 10 cents 20 cents 30 cents charge and I think that all piles up if you're gonna be eating out often yeah so there are options whether you're cooking or whether you're eating out like ways that you can basically make
0: it like money saving as well nice 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 okay any other things in closing for renovating a new couple trying to set up their own place I would say that maybe
2: just some rule of thumb like really just consider like what's the budget that you have for renovation and of course how long you intend to stay in that space because with your budget and how long you intend to stay right you may actually really be able to find a good fit between like what's sustainable what's economical and as well as what gives you really good benefits in terms of health and of course uh, further benefits in terms of the environment if you want something that lasts really long it's likely gonna be um, a more mm-hmm. quality option mm-hmm. as well that you're paying for Yeah, so mm-hmm. I think just be prepared for that Yeah.
3: Mm-hmm. while well, a lot of Marie Kondo's methods are about like decluttering what you already have if you're moving into a new place I think like that's a super conscious about what you want to buy and what you want to add to your house I think the good thing is in general like now the style which people want to go for generally is quite minimalistic you know not a lot of furniture around I think that's like a super good principle to just stick with right like hey before you purchase something like you can really think about like, hey, you know, does this bring me value? Does this bring me joy? Like, if it doesn't- <laughs> Bring me
0: joy! <laughs> if it doesn't, <laughs> should
3: I like not buy it? Mm. Like, can I like rent it from someone?
1: You I know? guess
2: you probably have like a good like- Can form a checklist with mm-hmm. the ideas that we have today. Yeah, and that could be like one own checklist for evaluating like what you bring into your house, yeah.
1: Totally align with belongs one actually. We just rethink consumption. Uh, mm. You don't need to don't buy. If you want to buy, buy something at last. Mm. Maybe you shift house slowly. When you shift houses, then this is usually when you throw away a lot of your old stuff, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like you shed a lot of your old skin. And then this waste is usually just thrown in the landfill. Mm. There should be another service to, to cycle this, right? Okay, yeah.
0: cool. L- last question that I have for you guys, right? So if let's say as a stereotypical Singaporean, getting a stereotypical BTO with a general idea of the cost. And then if I want to live this very sustainable like way of life, based on
1: all the ideas that you guys were talking about, what would be the price differential? I feel like sustainability doesn't mean expensive. Mm. Mm. Yeah, most times, like it, it is seen that way because like it's it's new and new usually means not enough volume to to hit that scale mm-hmm. for for cost to drop. So LCOE is still very high.
3: <laughs> like cost of electricity <laughs>
1: yeah so 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 there may not be a premium actually and you don't have to carry that mindset that is always more premium.
3: yeah and i think it's important to for us all to reframe that for ourselves mm. as in even personally for me like it's important to consider two aspects of it right in terms of cost like one is what the upfront cost is and then the other one is like what the life cycle cost is right life cycle cost will then take into consideration like how durable the products are you know like if it's something that say uses electricity that um, produces certain like organic compounds then you want to take that into consideration uh, because it is not just like in the instant when you're purchasing a product or when you're moving a house at like, what that cost is that's also like the the life cycle of it
2: yeah i would say that ultimately after you make the big move in there will be the day-to-day mm. cost like the so-called operating expense right you have mm. to like be concerned with <laughs> yeah so i think in terms of that I would say ballpark wise I think you could really save like maybe at least 20-30% to because firstly you're con- going to consume less or consume more mindfully you're going to consume also like hopefully better quality products but if not you're going to consume less so that will definitely save you money and of course there are ways to basically consume uh, items that are more sustainable and affordable way like I mentioned right like package free food with your own
0: container yeah, I never it never registered in my head that the wet market is exactly like scoops you S&P. know Exactly. like <laughs> so it's like S&P not like, like packaging, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, right. Like yeah. to it my head.
2: Great Yeah, yeah so Great I think one. like package free, um, even bring your own containers, or uh, I think like the rental services that I mentioned, like so mm. now there are rental services for like, appliances or uh, tech devices or uh, even for clothes, like you don't even have to buy new clothes every time mm. to refresh your wardrobe there are rental services for that and I think Carousel comes in as a really really good like day-to-day like, alternative mm. for you to mm. basically just find what you need right to grow through like your home's like 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 journey and your own life journey as well mm. yeah mm. so I think there are really different options that can really significantly reduce like your living expenses like I would say like having lifted it myself like I would say like maybe at least 20-30% of your cost is like lower than your peers
0: yeah great 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 and I mean while you're talking about it a mm. thought came to my head right like maybe we can think about reducing electronic appliances like mm. kind of dial back a little bit you know you remember those days when your grandma would open up the thermo flask like the very old mm. looking thermo flask and it works it's still very warm right? mm. but these days everybody wants a forever dispenser. heated dispenser <laughs> and that is on some level really electrolyzing everything yeah. right if you can we can wind back some of these things and use old stuff that our ancestors used then it serves the same function at a much 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 cheaper cost yeah. mm. right so don't always need to buy new things so thank you thank you for your time appreciate appreciate Woo! thank you thank you yeah. no thank you Great, great, great. Stay
3: tuned all the way after this quick notes for our personal money question segment. Before that, I hope you've learned something useful today. Join our Telegram group, follow us on our socials and check out thefinancialcoconut.com.
0: Yeah, so the first question is, what has been your best and worst investment you've ever made?
3: it's gonna sound a little bit cliche but I think like my best investment so far has been in my team because I mean even from a personal standpoint it's like they have allowed me to scale and achieve higher outputs right and I think that's the beauty of entrepreneurship in a way where you're able to go and build a team around you and go and execute on stuff. Worst investment I mean the first thing that comes to mind these days is like my tech stocks. (laughs) Sorry!
0: sorry. (laughs) I mean, but then it's
3: like the Mm -hmm. lesson learned is like, hey, maybe if you do want to invest, and my, my issue is like, if I have more time on my hands, I'll go and study the market and I deploy capital. Um, but then in the last one, one and a half years I've basically been super busy with the business and I just stopped looking at my portfolio completely. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know how how many percentage like lower it is mm-hmm. at this point in time but I can imagine it's quite bad. right? Yeah. I mean, my parents will tell me like yeah. this ETF, this stock, they have put in like you know uh-huh. 60% down. Uh-huh. I'm like yeah, yeah. Okay, daddy's well, not gonna there. trust you with like <laughs> tech
1: stocks
0: anymore. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. What yeah. is one thing under $100 that has been a game changer for you?
1: This is this has been very good like it's glass so I feel it. I've been using this for like last three years now and I watch it yeah. <laughs> I wash it every, every. You don't every need day. to. You don't need <laughs> it's okay. to. I wash it, right? Like, you Everyone's don't need think like, to clarify <laughs> that, yes. I yeah, really right. assume you wash it. I drink probably like three or four of this every day, so it keeps me super moist and hydrated. <laughs> 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 oh, I you like moist Moist? These
0: days, like when you're
1: dating, hair, right? You moist. <laughs> <like, laughs> so, 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 Wow.
0: Great, great. Last question. What place you learn that you think it's underrated?
2: For me, like, Carousel comes to mind because I think. It is and Ab they're like kind of like really just I mean helps me settle most of the things I need to get like be it sportswear or like golf gear or like maybe even electronics being able to like put my things back into the marketplace and also like fulfill my needs from the marketplace as well at a discount yeah I think that's a place that I do refer to like quite often like if I need like new gear or if I need to like basically get rid of stuff
0: Mm. hashtag to bless yeah (laughs) actually when we talk
1: about
2: bless I think oleo is another one yeah Yeah. so oleo has been really useful for like blessing things like I think one weekend I gave away like 30 items and like my house was just like significantly like decluttered and it felt Um. good like being it will blast things away and they just pick it up from a house super convenient yeah also uh, I say like that's also like a
0: good find <laughs> amazing okay thank you all for your time thank it's, you, been, you. it's been fun awesome. so Thanks thank you thank invite. you